What is up, Wizards Nation? Welcome to the second episode of the Wizards Walkthrough with Chase Carroll. I am Chase Carroll, and I appreciate you all tuning in here for this second episode. In episode one, I gave you a little background on myself. What kind of brought me into becoming a Wizards fan in the first place? And then I dove into the stars of the Wizards today, John Wall and Bradley Beal. The media's perception of them, or at least the national media's perception of them, and how they just don't want to see them work together moving forward. So I discussed the off-the-court situation between the Wizards. Now I want to kind of dive into the on-the-court situation, what we saw from the team in 2019 and 2020, and what we're going to see from each positional group moving forward. So today's podcast is going to be focused on the point guard position. We're going to look through each player that played point guard for the Wizards this season, both in starting roles and backup roles, whether they're still on the roster or not. I'm going to dive into what I thought of their performance this season, and I'm also going to discuss their fit on the team moving forward, whether they're going to be on the roster next year or if their time as a Wizard is done. I'm going to dive into that as well. To start the point guard discussion, I think we need to start in the offseason of 2019, where we saw the Wizards move on from Thomas Sadoransky, a guy that filled in very well for John Wall while he was out injured, about a year and a half as the starting point guard of the Washington Wizards. Uh, He just cost too much. With a new GM in and Tommy Shepard, it was time to make a move. He wanted to bring in his own guys, and Thomas Sadoransky just cost too much. Three years, $30 it was time to get him out of here, unfortunately. With a significant portion of the cap going towards John Wall and Bradley Beal, it was just too tough to have a guy in Thomas Sadoransky making $10 million a year, especially when you consider the fact that they wanted to bring back Thomas Bryant on a relatively nice deal, $10 million a year for him as well. So it was just too much to bring back Thomas Sadoransky, but they did great in replacing him. They brought in a guy in Ish Smith who put up very good numbers this season off the bench, and even in some of a starting role at times, he started... 19 games as well. So he, he played a, a big role for the Wizards this year. I want to look into the comparisons between Thomas Sadoransky and Nish Smith. While Thomas Sadoransky is a very good player, did the Wizards even downgrade in this situation? Could they even have upgraded? In my opinion, they actually did upgrade. You know, you look at Ish Smith, he's the type of player that I think the Wizards really needed. He was a guy that filled in a John Wall type role, speed, likes to push it in transition. Very good ball handler, especially for a backup point guard. Moving forward, he's not going to be the starter. We know that. John Wall's coming back. So you need a solid backup point guard who can do similar things to John Wall. not saying he is John Wall. He's not nearly the player that he is. But he has similar speed to him, and he can run the offense at a very high level. And his assist-to-turnover ratio shows that. He was 12th in the NBA in assist-to-turnover ratio this year. And a few of the guys ahead of him simply just didn't really get enough minutes for it to really matter. He he played a high amount of minutes, 26 minutes per game, and he did it at a high level. To me, Ish Smith is a perfect complement to a guy like John Wall. John Wall has unfortunately been often injured in his career, and we've seen him miss a ton of games, especially in the last two seasons. So moving forward, we don't know if we're going to have to put a minutes restriction on John, whether he's going to have to miss some back-to-backs, of sorts. I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen with John Wall's minutes moving forward, but I know that you do need to have a good, solid backup point guard in case John does go down again. And we've seen from Ish Smith that he is more than capable of filling in when needed. When you compare the seasons of Sadoransky and Ish Smith, 
you, you kind of get a similar vibe because, you know, Thomas Sadoransky, he's not the answer at starting point guard for the Bulls, even though he did start 64 of their 65 games. He, he had a decent year, but he's not the answer. Kobe White came on really strong at the end of the year. He's the answer at the point guard position for the Bulls. So you look at Thomas Sadoransky, you look at Ish Smith, both of these guys are probably backup point guards for the remainder of their careers. Not only that, but they also put up similar numbers this year. Ish Smith played 26.2 minutes per game. Thomas Sadoransky in a starting role, about 29 minutes per game. But Ish Smith was actually more effective on the offensive end of the court than Thomas Sadoransky was, at least as far as a scorer. You know, Tom, uh, Thomas Sadoransky averaged 9.9 points per game. Ish averaged 10.5 points per game, and he was more efficient too. 45.1% field goal percentage compared to Sadoransky's 43%. And Ish Smith, who is not known to be a three-point shooter in his career, Neither is Thomas Sadoransky, but Ish Smith was better from that end as well. 36.7% from three compared to Thomas Sadoransky, just 32%. And when you compare all that, you add on to the fact that their contracts, they matter. You know, Ish Smith's only making $6 million a year for two years compared to Thomas Sadoransky, three years, $30 million. So when you add all that up on the offensive end, obviously, it looks like Ish Smith is the better player. He's able to push in transition. He's much faster than Thomas Sadoransky. He can just do things that Thomas Sadoransky was unable to do for the Wizards. Not that Thomas Sadoransky was a bad player by any means, because he wasn't. He was very solid in a Wizards uniform. But Scott Brooks often played him out of position while he was with the Wizards. We saw Sadoransky play a lot of three. We saw him play some two at times, even. But I think his natural position was definitely the point guard position. At 6'7", he has great height, great size for the position, and he has good ball handling ability too. It's just the fact that he was played out of position a lot for the Wizards. He never really got his footing, obviously playing behind John Wall for the first couple seasons. You have to play off ball if you really wanted to play next to John Wall, play next to Bradley Beal. There's only so many touches for him here in a Wizards uniform. So obviously it made sense for him to not want to be back. He wanted to go somewhere where he could get a true opportunity to play the point guard position, and he was given that opportunity in Chicago where he started 64 or 65 games at the point guard position. But with the opportunity in a new place, it also came with some challenges because I think he did take a little bit of a step back in a Bulls uniform this year. We saw his shooting percentages from both three-point range and two-point range go down, uh, and pretty significantly too. He shot 46% from three two seasons ago for the Wizards in a very limited volume, down to 39% last year, and he shot just 32% from three this year. And part of that is because he did take more. He had more of a role, but at the same time, he was less efficient. He was also less efficient from two-point range. Two seasons ago, Sadoransky shot an incredible 55% from inside the three-point arc, and last year wasn't too much different, didn't defer from that too much just 52% from inside the three-point line. You know, this year, he did go down a little bit, 49% from inside the three-point line for the Bulls. And part of that is probably, you know, adjusting to a new team, adjusting to new teammates. It's probably not playing next to Bradley Beal. You know, you're not getting as many open shots when you're not playing next to a guy like Bradley Beal. So we saw a little bit of a decline in his numbers this season while playing for the Bulls. You compare that with a guy like Ish Smith, who's played for 11 different franchises now. He may have found his home here in Washington, at least for the time being. He is 31 years old, so who knows how many years he still has left at a high level of basketball. But he did play one of his best years of his career 
in Washington in, in a new place. Ish Smith was the closer for the Wizards for most of the season. Uh, I'll get into Isaiah Thomas later on in the podcast, but he struggled a lot down the stretch, and that's when Ish Smith would come in and really you know, elevate the Wizards team. He'd come in, get buckets, he'd push the offense, he'd play a little bit of defense, at least better than Isaiah Thomas could. There were even times around January where Ish Smith looked like he was unstoppable. He had a career-high 32 points, and he added 8 assists and a win over a top team in the West, the Denver Nuggets. He shot 15 of 24 in that game, and a lot of those buckets actually came in crunch time. He led them to that win. And that's just a victory that I think a lot of Wizards fans that watched a lot of ball this year will remember. That's one of their bigger wins of the season, and it was led by Ish Smith. So I've mentioned offensive statistics, but you definitely have to include defense while you're talking about these two between Sadoransky and Smith. Because while Ish Smith was the best probably defensive point guard on the team this year, that doesn't say much when your other competition is Isaiah Thomas and Shabazz Napier two guys that are definitely not known for defense. Isaiah Thomas could possibly be the worst defender in NBA history uh, when it's all said and done, and that's not even hyperbole. That's serious. The Wizards miss Sadoransky's 6-7 frame on the defensive end, that's for sure. Ish Smith, it's not lack of effort for him. At times, I think it was lack of effort for Isaiah Thomas, maybe lack of effort from Shabazz Napier, but I don't think we ever saw lack of effort on the defensive end from Ish Smith. He's just too small. He's six foot tall. He has matchup issues with some of these elite point guards like your Russell Westbrooks, your Derek Roses, these guys that are super athletic that can just drive by you. He's had some issues with it, but at the same time, it's not the lack of effort. Ish did rank 443rd in the NBA in defensive rating, which sounds awful, and it is awful, but at the same time, I think that number's misleading because you look at Troy Brown Jr., Davis Bertans, Bradley Beal, Thomas Bryant, Rui Hachimura, each one of these guys ranked even lower than him. These are the guys that he's spending most of his time on the court with. So you're making up for their defensive mistakes as well. His own defensive mistakes are are definitely a part of it. But to say that it's all on him, his reason for his awful defensive rating, I just don't think that's true. Sadoransky was also in the bottom half of the NBA in defensive rating. So to say that it really would have been too much different, I don't think that would be the case. He only had seven blocks all season. Whereas Ish Smith, six foot tall, had 24 blocks. Thomas Sadoransky at 6'7", only had seven blocks all year, which is, to me, one of the crazier things that I've heard. Specifically because I remember Thomas Sadoransky being pretty good defensive player, pretty good at blocking shots. Due to his height, he had the height advantage over pretty much every point guard he played against. So to, to hear he only had seven blocks this year was really surprising to me. So you take into account what each of these guys did on the court this year. Ish Smith, I would say, was definitely better on the offensive end, and he wasn't significantly worse than Thomas Sadoransky on the defensive end. And you, you also add in the fact that their contracts, they do matter. Ish Smith is making less money for less years than Thomas Sadoransky is. And the cherry on top of it all is the fact that they got a second rounder for Thomas Sadoransky, and the Bulls had an awful year. They're even behind the Wizards in the standings. If the season were to end today, it would be pick 38. That's a high second-round pick. You're getting a late first-round talent, most likely, at that spot. So Tommy Shepard was playing chess while everyone else was playing checkers in this situation. I think that he really got an upgraded point guard in Ish Smith over Thomas Adoransky, and he got a pick out of it as well. So to me, this move in the offseason, I think 
you have to give it a positive grade. So now we're going to move on to a guy in Shabazz Napier who is really going to give the Wizards an interesting decision to make this offseason. He is an unrestricted free agent, but you know, after acquiring him at the deadline, he only got to play 15 games, and he looked great in those 15 games, including eight starts. He was the Wizards' starting point guard by the end of the year. When Shabazz was brought in at the trade deadline, it was definitely viewed as a part-time thing. We were bringing him in as a kind of a stopgap to be the point guard for the time being while Isaiah Thomas was traded away. There was a gap at the point guard position with John Wall coming back next year and Ish Smith under contract. It wasn't really thought of as a trade that was going to really mean much moving forward. But after he played super well down the stretch, averaging 12 points, 4.4 assists per game, there might be a role for Shabazz Napier moving forward. John Wall is coming off a serious injury, a torn Achilles. This is something that has been very difficult for stars to come back from in their career. And while most of those stars did it at the end of their careers, John Wall is going to be 30 years old to start next season. I think you may want to at least have a third point guard on this roster that you know you can depend on in case he goes down. Ish Smith was brought in to be a backup point guard. And I think we saw this season that when Ish Smith was thrust into that starting role, he didn't perform as well as he did with the second unit. He is definitely more suited to be the backup point guard, and that's what he was brought in to do. So say John Wall goes down again next year, or you just want to give John Wall a break. I think you need a third point guard who could come in and start when needed, provide you good minutes, and won't really mess up the flow of the offense too much. He was very good in his limited role with the Wizards this season, and I think if he can come back on a you know, a small deal, anywhere from a veteran's minimum to maybe two, three million dollars for a year. I think that's someone you consider bringing back. Obviously, I think the Wizards may look to get a developmental point guard, maybe a third developmental point guard on the roster. That's something that they decided they didn't want this season. They traded away Justin Robinson, excuse me, cut Justin Robinson, and they got rid of Chris Chioza as well. These are two developmental type point guards that they had on the roster. Uh, they decided they just didn't want it anymore. They wanted to go the veteran route. So I I think they could decide to bring Shabazz Napier back again next season just for the fact that he played so well this year. He's not going to cost too much, and he's had a little bit of run in the system now. I think that that plays a big part. So after discussing two guys that did work out so far in a Wizards uniform, I want to shift over to a guy who didn't really work out for the Wizards now, the Isaiah Thomas experiment. This is something that a lot of us Wizards fans are very excited about. Uh, I know I was at first. I, I was excited to see the Wizards give Isaiah Thomas a chance, and I think it was the right call to give him a chance. You know, This is a guy just two, three seasons removed from dominating the Wizards in the playoffs, sending John Wall and all of us home. And for a one-year veterans minimum deal, it was definitely worth a shot. You know, If this guy's good again, if he performs well in a Wizards uniform, they're probably making the playoffs. He and Bradley Beal next to each other, it was an exciting thought. But obviously it just did not work out. If you look at the stats, you'd see, okay, maybe, maybe he did have a decent year. But it's more than the stats to tell the full story on Isaiah Thomas. The stats will tell you that he scored 12.2 points per game. He had 3.7 assists per game. And he shot a career best from three-point range at 41.3%. But the other side of the stats tell you that he also shot just 40% from two-point range, and that's far from his career highs from when he was elite, you know, playing for the Boston Celtics. Back then, 2016-2017, he shot 52% from three-point 
from two-point range because he had that explosion. He was able to still get by people, still get by opposing point guards and go to the hole. And I think we saw that Isaiah Thomas no longer had that explosive step where he could just get by opposing point guards with ease. Even in the backcourt, he sometimes had issues getting by opposing point guards and setting up the offense. And even when he did get past these point guards, he had trouble you know, with centers in his way. He used to be able to at least finesse his way around these centers. He lacked that finesse this season. But it's not necessarily the offensive end where Isaiah Thomas's struggles really came. It was the defensive end. And I think we've known over the course of his career, he's been one of the worst defenders in the NBA. This season was arguably one of his worst defensive years ever. And he ranked 500th out of 514 eligible players in the NBA in defensive rating. And of those other 14 that are ranked behind him, none of them played more than nine games. Isaiah Thomas played 40 games this season, and I think a lot of people could say that the Isaiah Thomas experiment lasted too long, um, especially in the starting lineup. Maybe he has a role somewhere later on in his career as a backup point guard, maybe a third point guard on a roster. But his time as a starting point guard in this league, unfortunately, are over. And it's sad to see because I love Isaiah Thomas. I We all saw what he did to the Wizards in the playoffs just a few seasons ago. He's far removed from that Isaiah Thomas, and we all saw it on display this season. We saw Scott Brooks and the Wizards try to game plan for how bad he was on defense. They would try to go to 2-3 zone, 3-2 zone some kind of zone whenever Isaiah Thomas was in to really negate the fact that he can't guard anyone one-on-one. But it really didn't help at all. It, it may have even hurt because the fact is they were playing four on five whenever Isaiah Thomas was in on defense. I'm really not going to gripe too much over the Isaiah Thomas experiment because, as I said, it was worth a shot. Uh, maybe it lasted a little too long, but this season wasn't about wins anyway. Yeah, he probably did hurt the Wizards when it came to wins. I would have probably liked to see a developmental point guard in there instead, give him a chance to to develop somebody. But uh, at the end of the day, he actually did end up helping the Wizards in a way because uh, while he wasn't really much of a trade asset, the Wizards did dump him off, and they were able to get a guy in Jerome Robinson, a first-round pick from just two seasons ago that they had loved, and you know they just gave up Isaiah Thomas to get him. And Jerome Robinson, he had a great end of the season, including a game winner, that he showed something. So to say that Isaiah Thomas was useless is not true. We got something of value for Isaiah Thomas, and he was nothing but a solid veteran presence in that locker room. I know that he had his issues on the court. There was a game in which he ran out into the stands to confront a fan in Philly, because the fan just wanted a frosty. I mean, he got ejected in another game for pushing a ref. Now, these are things that we're going to probably remember or not remember about his Wizards career, because honestly, his Wizards career was not memorable in any way. But I I will remember Isaiah Thomas as being a guy that is well-loved in the locker room, well-loved by all of his teammates, and someone that, you know, those young guys looked up to. I'm sure that he helped them in many ways other than, you know, what he did on the court. So that's going to be it today for the point guard edition of Wizards Walkthrough with Chase Carroll. Now, next episode, I'm going to discuss the shooting guard position, what we saw from Bradley Beal. Uh, we're going to get into Jordan McRae, Garrison Matthews, all the guys that played the shooting guard position for the Wizards this season. If you like what you heard from this episode, please like, subscribe, whatever podcast platform you're listening to. 
maybe even leave a review. It all helps. And if you want to find me on Twitter, you can, at ChaseCarroll underscore. I appreciate you all listening and following up on me. So hope to see you again next time. See you later, WizKids.